everybody. Welcome. This is Lewis. And this is Jordan. And you probably know us from Business Blues and Booze, but today we're starting a new segment, and this is called Tipping the Scales with our new host, Jose Matute. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you. Howdy, everybody. My name is Jose Matute, as Jordan already pointed out. Um, uh, I'm a senior at Ohio Wesleyan University, and I am majoring in political science and pre-law. Pretty exciting things. Um, you know, one of the shows that I'm hosting uh, or segments that I'm hosting on this show is called Tipping the Scales. And this is, I intend to, you know, take the show in, into the direction where I talk about the current events that are happening, you know, in the United States and, you know, potentially in the world politically. Um, you know, 2020 is definitely a year that is one, you know, it's been a hell of a year to say the least. Uh, so keeping track of all the curve, current event, current events can be definitely, you know, deteriorizing. So that's, what I intend to do. Sounds really interesting. And uh, why don't you tell us the stories that we're going to be getting into today? All right. So uh, <clears throat> today we're going to be talking about the 2020 general election polls. So something fascinating that has been developing in the polls, you know, you know, fundamentally polls always change. We know that, you know, polls can't really be reliable, you know, to the highest degree at times. Uh, so it's important to, you know, pay attention to that. Um, but, you know, in the political world, something that's developed is Trump is losing support among older voters. And just to put in, you know, just to give a little context, uh, Republicans have counted on this cohort to seize their victories when it comes to elections. You know, the senior citizens are people who come out and vote. They're people who obviously make up, you know, the biggest cohort in the electorate. And Polls are showing that Trump is slipping in the polls. Um, and I was reading an article, which is the 538 article. And what this article did was it essentially accumulated 48 national polls, head-to-head polls. Um, and they averaged it. They came out with a mean. And it came out to be that you know Trump was trailing Joe Biden by one point amongst senior citizens. This is very bad news for the Trump campaign. Um, so I do want to start with a little bit of context. Um, so, you know, we'll be able to understand uh, the issues that I'm going to be discussing. Um, so we all know that Donald Trump won the election in 2016. You know, um, he won the swing states of Michigan, of Pennsylvania, of Wisconsin, of Florida. And that essentially gave him the uh, victory over Hillary Clinton electorally. Uh, Donald Trump also won the electoral college by a vote of 304 to 227 over Hillary Clinton. Uh, however, you know, although that might be true, it's a little bit misleading. Um, and I want to jump right into why I think it's misleading. Before Whenever you do that, would you mind just kind of describing real quick yeah. the Electoral College and just a quick summary of just no, like sure. how that works and why it's important? Definitely. Absolutely. So the Electoral College is essentially, you know, the way that we appropriate votes to candidates. So there's, you know, a two-party candidate. We're on a two-party system. Um, there's a Democrat and a Republican. And each state gets allocated a certain number of electoral votes that is, you know, determined upon their population. Um, so, for example, California is the most populous state, so they get 55 electoral votes. Texas gets 45 because they're the second biggest uh, populous state. North Carolina, my state, 15. Ohio, 18. So it really does go by population. Um, so back to uh, the misleading point. Um, you know, whenever you take a look at, whenever you go to Google and you Google, you know, 2016 Electoral College map and you see the results, you're going to see that it's a whole bunch of red and a whole bunch of blue. And, you know, the red, you know, vastly outweighs the blue. 
Um, again, back to the point that in the question that Jordan brought up, you know, this goes back to the population, you know, territories don't vote. So it really does determine on the population of, you know, other states. So that's misleading in its nature. Another point is, um, you know, the electoral college win that Donald Trump had over Hillary Clinton. When we take a look at the individual states that he won, and I want to you know, pay specific attention to the swing states, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Florida, which gave him his electoral win, you will see a common theme. And that common theme is that he won all of those states by less than 1%. Less than 1%. And that's, you know, less than 1%. So what, what states was that? So Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Florida, he won all of those states by less than 100,000 votes. So in other words, 100,000 people decided this election. Mm-hmm. So are you kind of, with those, with those states, are they typically ones with a high, so you said that basically the states with the most population have the most electoral or most people that further state. So you say California has 55. Mm-hmm. So is Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, are those states with a lot of, a lot of votes? Right. So I think Lewis can probably talk about how many votes Pennsylvania has, because I really don't know off the top of my head. But uh, I believe we are 20. Or I think it's 18 plus two. It is. I think 20. 20 is correct. Michigan yeah. has uh, 12. No, they have uh, 13. I think Wisconsin has, you know, it's up in the double digits. Florida has 29. So that's okay, so Florida is a really high number. Yes. Yeah. Relatively. Populous. So, you know, again, to you know, go back to the point that, you know, Trump won the, this election and it was essentially in the hands of 100,000 people, you know, just to put it into perspective, Michigan, he won the state of Michigan by not even a fraction of 1%. He won it by 0.2%. You know, a lot of people are usually discouraged when it comes to voting, you know, they're like, you know, my vote doesn't matter, but in Michigan, your vote mattered, you know. Um, Pennsylvania, Trump carried Pennsylvania by 0.7%. Again, not reaching that 1% threshold. Wisconsin, 0.8%. And then Florida, which historically has been a swing state, yes, but it's leaned Republican, you know, historically, um, in, the, in the last 10 years at least. Um, and Donald Trump won it. So to put it in context, if Hillary Clinton had done better, just one percentage point in each state, she would be the sitting president of the United States at this moment. <clears throat> so, you know, I say all that to say this, um, you know, Trump doesn't have wiggle room to lose supporters right now. And we can't get that information by just looking at an electoral college map or by looking at, you know, the numbers at the end of the, you know, appropriated electoral college votes. Um, So diving into the uh, voter behavior that I think is so fascinating and, you know, especially in the political world, uh, Trump is seeing a decline in support among older voters. And, Again, this is an absolute key group that got him elected in 2016. You know, we already talked about how crucial each and every vote is for Trump. This is bad news for the campaign. A 538 poll um, did another analysis, aside from the one that I already mentioned. Sorry, what's a 538 poll? uh, So 538 is a platform. Okay. It's kind of like CNN or the New York Times, but they do uh, analysis on polls. Okay. Um, So again... uh, they combined 48 national polls and it had Trump and Biden essentially tied. Um, but it's important to note that the, the 48 polls that they uh, got together and accumulated and got a mean from them, this ranged all the way from August the 1st, 2019 to today. And with all of those combined, and remember the inflection point in voter behavior 
was seen in the last two months, essentially when the coronavirus peaked in the United States, some would say, right? So the fact that Trump is still, you know, losing to Joe Biden or essentially tied amongst a group that was his strongest base, that spells worry for the campaign. You know, I know I've said that a lot of times. Um, so just to put it into context as to how important this group is, President Trump beat Hillary Clinton by 13 points among senior citizens aged 65 and older, according to exit polls of the 2016 election. So are these older people, are they, is that typically a large amount of the voter base? Yes, it's the largest, it's the largest amount okay. in the electoral mm-hmm. college. Yes. Um, so again, Trump beat Hillary Clinton by 13 points among voters 65 and older. In regards to Joe Biden, he is trailing him by one point. Um, in regards to those 55 and older, which is you know a slightly different group, Joe Biden has a 10-point lead, which is you know a state, which is a cohort that Trump won by 10 points against Hillary Clinton. Now you know I mentioned battleground states a lot, and you know I mentioned it for a reason because they matter, right? Um, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and some even say Arizona are absolutely crucial for the president now. Arizona has come out with a whole bunch of polls that have indicated that they're shifting red. I meant blue. So what, what kind of way does Arizona swing typically? Are they more of the Democratic side or more of the Republican side? Republican. Republican. So this has definitely come, this developing, you know, uh, analysis on Arizona and news is definitely something that, you know, Democrats are watching closely. You know, Arizona usually is not a, a state that Democrats usually campaign in, as California is not a state that they campaign in, because they know that usually the trajectory of that state is going to go, you know, as it's always been. It's not a battleground state or a swing state, which can go either or, right? But now, according to a lot of polls that have been conducted, they're saying it's in play. Um, so, you know, Florida, specifically Florida, you know, we were just talking about the uh, electoral votes that each individual state has. Florida has 29. So if Trump does not win Florida, I think that he's essentially wiped off of the map. That's what I think, right? Um, so <clears throat> I, wanna, I did take a look at a couple or three um, polls that came out of Florida. One of them was amongst this you know, older cohort, and then the other one was essentially just a general election matchup, right? Um, and it's important to have you know, more than one poll to you know, kind of test the reliability of those polls, you know? Uh, so a Fox News poll has Trump and Biden tied 45 to 45 among voters 45 and older. Another Quinnipiac poll has Biden leading Trump by 10 points among those who are 45 years old and older. Meanwhile, in 2016, again, to point back to context, in 2016, Trump won voters in Florida aged 45 and older by 13 points, and those aged 65 and older in 2016, he won that over Hillary Clinton by a whopping 22 points. So with Fox News, I mean, Fox News is typically more of a conservative news network, right? Absolutely. Or maybe Republican is a better word. So they, they typically are, you know, very in favor of Trump, which is, that's okay. I'm not giving an opinion. But so for them to kind of come out and say that they are neck and neck, essentially, I mean, that's, that's, that's got to be a big deal, right? Absolutely. You know, another fascinating point is that Brad Pulcini, I think is his last name, but Brad, um, he is the campaign manager of 
the Trump campaign, right? And he and, you know, usually campaigns, you know, they don't really like to rely too much on outside polls. So what they do is they spend a lot of money and they do internal polling. So the GOP and the uh, Trump campaign kind of teamed up and they went out and started doing polls in these swing battleground states. And Brad came back and presented this to Trump and it showed that he was trailing the vice president by a lot nationally. So, you know, it's, it's a common theme and a common trajectory for sure. Um, so again, just to, you know, top the voting and conclude the voting aspect of what I'm talking about, if Biden, again, maintains this trajectory, you know, this lead over Trump over this cohort, it would represent a major, a major shift in the voting behavior of older Americans, especially given the little time. You know, so, you know, we already talked about why it's so fascinating in the political world, you know, you know, changing voter behavior in so little time, you know, of course, polls change, but, you know, this crucial and this large in this little time, why is that? So, you know, I've been doing a lot of research and I've been seeing, you know, what the Trump administration is doing at this moment that, you know, could explain the shift in votes. And I've kind of divided it up into two areas. A, his character and how he conducts himself, and B, policy. So let me just start with policy first. So Obamacare, sure, everybody knows what Obamacare is, right? Um, aside from you know, all the political rhetoric, it's very popular among senior citizens. Um, I do also wanna note a fun fact, Obamacare is called the Affordable Care Act, um, of course, but the Republicans labeled it Obamacare because they assumed that Obama was a very unpopular president and a very polarizing president for the purposes of the 2014 midterms in hopes to win the House and the Senate. Unfortunately, it backfired because it's very popular. So a morning consult poll asked older Americans who they trust to protect Medicare, Social Security, and Medicaid. 46% of the people said that they trust Joe Biden. 41% said that they trust Trump, and these are older citizens. Meanwhile, as it relates to Obamacare, the Justice Department has lawyers in court all across America right now as we speak, trying to disband it. And again, it's not aging well, given the situation that we're in, a global pandemic, you know. So taking a step away back from healthcare, you know, healthcare is one of the most important issues in the electorate at this moment. You know, it's essentially what gave the Democrats control over the House in 2018. Um, so we know that this is not aging well with senior citizens. You know, other reasons why you know we, we're seeing this change in voter behavior may be coronavirus related gaffes so you know we all know the press briefs that the president has had you know he's had many 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 gaffes during his briefings the most infamous ones have been touting a drug hydroxychloroquine which has not been approved so if you're listening to this don't take that um in the infamous press conference where he mentioned you know people should consume disinfectants um, aside from that, you know, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the president has attacked reporters and older citizens have stated that they don't like that. They don't like that kind of character. Um, and just to briefly mention other related, you know, issues that might relate to why older citizens are, you know, turning away from the president, reopening early, reopening the economy early, you know. We have lost 91,000 lives in the United States because of this virus. Um, and we also know that the most vulnerable population are older citizens, you know, so talking about opening during Easter, talking about opening, you know, early, you know, even during the peak, that's not going to sit well with citizens, you know, they don't want to die, you know, so that could you know, result in that.
So to kind of just put this in like a quick like summary perspective, basically, Obama tried Obama made this Obamacare, which is the Affordable Care Act, which is giving health care to everybody, essentially, that if you can't afford it, you can afford to have health care with this with this bill, right? In a nutshell. In a nutshell. I know this is a simple and this is not right, an right. analysis view, but um, so he basically tries to make it so that everybody can have health care, basically. Trump mm-hmm. is trying to get rid of it. We go through this pandemic. And most of the people who probably need this Affordable Care Act might be people who are older citizens. Therefore, if you say it's not sitting well, it would be because he's getting rid of the health care that would be essentially free or very cheap for them. Um, Absolutely. In a time where we're in a pandemic where health care is pretty essential. Absolutely. Okay, I'm just clarifying, making sure. Absolutely. And that's, you know, again, that's not sitting well with senior citizens. Um, <clears throat> another, you know, and, and I don't think this really has much influence in, uh, necessarily in the senior cohort that we're focusing on, but it does have an influence on polls, I believe, national polls, um, attacking governors, right? Over the course of this pandemic, governors have made a real name for themselves. The New York governor, the New Jersey governor, the Michigan governor, the Ohio governor, poll after poll after poll. It's showing that you know people are satisfied with the way that their governors are responding to the virus. So Trump attacks you know, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, who's wildly popular, his ratings are up to 85%. I think it's the highest ratings in the country. The New Jersey governor, the Illinois governor, the Michigan governor, all of these governors are very popular right now. You know, Trump went as far as to tell the vice president to ignore a phone call by, you know, Governor Whitmer, Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, because he believes that she was nasty to him um, and she was calling to ask for PPE. Um, you know, and to top it all off, you know, the Trump administration is understanding of this. They understand that they're not doing well amongst this cohort. So what are they doing to fix it? So some steps that they have taken are shortened brief, uh, press briefings. They went as far as to, you know, and I think this is actually the funniest one. They went as far as to signing an order stating that May would officially be declared as older American months to try to reel in that base. Um, they had Vice President Pence take the initiative to personally deliver PPE to nursing homes. Um, and they've been airing negative attacks on Biden, stating that he would cut Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security to try to reel that in. So what you, you kept talking about uh, PPE, just to clarify, what is PPE? PPE is protective equipment. Okay. Protective equipment that nurses and hospitals need to be able to be safe from the virus, like masks, gloves, et cetera. Okay. And this governor was calling the vice president uh, asking for help for these, these <clears throat> medical supplies, essentially. Yes. The president was saying, don't answer the call. Don't respond to the woman from Michigan. And then that phrase went viral and everybody started printing shirts saying the woman from Michigan. (laughs) And just to bring it all back. So Michigan, we talked about was a war ground state, which again, just to clarify is saying um, a state where it can, it's a swing state, essentially. It could really go out of way. It's where a lot of the vote can be determined by. So he's telling this to a governor who, the state is a battleground state where it can really be dependent on where he's voting. Absolutely. And that's a point that a lot of pundits are talking about. You know, it seems like somebody is in his campaign who's working for the other side, you know, just looking at the, uh, at the actions that have been exhibited, especially against the Michigan governor who is wildly popular in her state. So I have a question kind of that conclude all this. We've talked a lot about polls today, and it was kind of the whole basis of this conversation. I think it's important to acknowledge any drawbacks or concerns with polling in general. I know we've talked a lot about 2016, 
a lot of the entry polling had uh, Hillary Clinton in front in Michigan, had her in front in Wisconsin, had her in front in Pennsylvania. And that was all outside the margin of error, which is essentially error that they acknowledge in when they collect based on the sample size. Uh, the, the basics of that is that uh, people will take that and generally be when they average all the polls, it's essentially this could be wrong up to this number. So if the polling is 55 to 45 and the margin of error is 3%, it could be as high as 52.42 or 58.42 or as low as 52.48. But that's a lot, essentially the error they're giving. Now, the problem was uh, the actual results were so far removed from the margin of error even. What's the concern of that in this polls and this election cycle? Are they accounting for that? And could this just be straight up bias? And right. is it entirely something that we can't even account for? It's hard to do with random samples. Absolutely. Um, and I'll briefly answer the question. because, But, um, you know, it's true. The entry polls in 2016 were, you know, some people say they're wrong. You know, I take the approach to say that they were right because it doesn't calculate for, you know, the polls don't calculate for electoral wins. It just calculates for individuals' popularity, right? And we know that Hillary Clinton won the, the you know, the popular, popular vote by 3 million more votes in made history. You know, whenever we look at um, <clears throat> polling as it relates to, uh, you know, the polls that I just mentioned, you know, the Trump campaign came out and conducted their own poll. So yes, to answer your question, there may most definitely be bias. There most definitely can be, you know, um, you know, inaccuracies for sure. How many people are actually, you know, asked, etc. And then, you know, the biggest token question that I believe is going to decide this election is, you know, how many people are willing to tell the truth? You know, they, they, and also how many people are willing to vote for either candidate if they don't like both. We saw in 2016, the individuals that fell in the cohort that didn't like Trump or Hillary went with Trump. In this election, or this, uh, you know, soon-to-be election, what we're seeing is, is that people that don't like Trump and Biden are going to Biden. That's, you know, a difference that we're seeing. Um, but to top it all off, yes, I think that the internal polling from the GOP and the Trump campaign, I think, gives legitimacy to the polls that we're seeing, that he's in trouble. So, um, I mean, how long has it been, just real quick, just to kind of wrap this all up, just so we kind of know what we're getting into with this new election, um, with sitting presidents, so meaning that a president who is then running for a re-election, what are, what are some stats, how long has it been since maybe they've lost an election? I believe Lewis has that Yeah, up. so uh, the last sitting president that lost was in 1992. H.W. Uh, Bush, Bush won uh, for his second term, lost to Bill Clinton, but it wasn't a straight one-on-one -on -one race because Ross Perot, independent business tycoon from Texas, also was in the race. And while he did not win any states, did not have any electoral votes, he did capture a, pro a little bit under 20% of the popular vote in that election, which was a huge impact because the common argument and in later elections, as in 2016, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein uh, were third party candidates uh, that, that you could argue took away votes. And then the same thing you could argue in 2000 uh, when Al Gore won the popular vote, uh, but he lost the election overall, is that Ralph Nader won about 3% of the popular vote. So 
you could have that argument in there, but Bill Clinton won the popular vote and he won the election in 92. So it's not consistent with those. Um, but that's the last time a sitting president has lost. Now, a lot of the time you could argue that sitting presidents since then have been in a time of turmoil. Um, so George W. Bush, Bush two, was reelected while we were uh, in the Middle East and then invading there. And um, that's kind of been another reason that more unpopular presidents have been able to boost their chances by being in uh, a time of transition. And we actually are now in that. And Corona is kind of the pandemic that could be argued is a wartime thing that President Trump now is in the midst of. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, just to top it all off, you know, polls are definitely, you know, you know, you can, people can have skepticism of them, but they're still a really good indicator. And frankly, one of the best indicators that we have as to how campaigns are doing. So we'll definitely be watching uh, the 2020 race and we'll definitely be keeping you up to date and, you know, tipping the scales of justice for sure. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Thank you, man. I'm Lewis. And I'm Jose. And this is Tipping the Scales, brought to you guys by Business Blues and Booze. See you guys soon. Thank you very much, everyone.